Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. Hey, Cartridge Commandos. We apologize for this janky-sounding show. We've been uh, experiencing technical difficulties here for the past two hours or so. We are a smaller operation, just two average guys... (laughs) working on equipment we've had around for years. So, remember that Patreon page, folks. It is patreon.com slash cartridge command. But we finally said, hey, to heck with all that junk, and with the sound of that bottle being opened, <laughs> it means I have officially given up, and we are going to record a nice little mini-sode here on my phone. Yeah, sorry for fans of Super Metroid, you're going to have to wait another week because I that game really deserves better than uh, phone recording, so... It does. You know what game does not deserve better than phone recording, Nick? What's that? That would be Friday the 13th. Ah, yes, uh... Many, many moons ago, uh, we did an episode there, and I promised that I would eventually beat that game and touch back with you guys. And I did. Yes, it is now time for a Cartridge Command update. So anyways, uh, when uh, we last talked about uh, Camp Crystal Lake, I was uh, we were unable to beat it. I had just gotten to the second of three days. You have to beat Jason three times to win the game. Yeah. And uh, it's very difficult. And although I did get a little better at fighting him inside the houses, there's a it's kind of a punch outy almost mini game that you learn some skills. So I was able to get at least on the first day before he goes into his super fast mode. I was able to be, uh, beat him while taking minimal damage. Now I I watched you play that game a bit more, and uh, I was really flabbergasted at how much better you were at fighting Jason than I was. <laughs> it's uh, like I said, I can only compare it to Punch Out, but a very, very crappy version of the well, game. You are better than me at Punch Out, so I'll, I will uh, acquiesce to that. <laughs> now, one thing uh, I didn't realize when we were recording that you kind of showed me later is that there are ways to kind of safeguard some of your characters. Yeah, there are certain. Um, there are a couple different cabins where he, uh, Jason, will never attack you. So mm-hmm. you can, I think there's three of them. They're around the lake. Uh, there's a couple in these corners that you can, you know, use that to keep some people safe for a while. But the real big, the big boon for me was I found out, um, uh, do, doing some research online, there's an easy way to get the strongest weapon in the game, which is the torch. And you can get it really quickly, right off the bat, and it's pretty, pretty easy to do. All right. So, um, I'll, I'll go through that real quick to, you know, cause this is really where it's at. I did not get much better at the game. We'll talk about that in a sec, but from, from the very start, basically there, um, you know, you have your roads around camp crystal Lake and there, there's the road that encircles the actual lake itself. And if you go to the Northwestern part of the lake, uh, you want to make sure you're picking up, uh, you know, you want a lighter and a knife before then, but when you get to a, there's a large cabin North of the lake with a message that says go into the woods doesn't tell you which woods but uh it's the woods just north of the lake you're right by the entrance so gotcha once you see that once you get that note if you head into the woods then again this is another kind of mazy area so it, it can be tough to find on your own but uh you got problems or? i just trapped a weird looking bug 
Oh, okay. Continue. Uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> this is the kind of thing we would normally edit out, folks. Yeah, your loss. But uh, <laughs> so anyhow, you're inside the woods, and uh, basically, if you had uh, directly, you had left to the of the entrance, and you you need to collect a key, and one of them spawns here when you kill some monsters, so you can do that. And then so you'll head right, and there's a there'll be a path leading up, and you'll take that, and then head north immediately to get to a door. Now, uh, this is the door you can use your key to open, and but you want to back up and return to it immediately. This is something that really sucks because it's just like a, a I don't know, a prank or something. Um, <laughs> like, you have to come to this room twice. It, this won't work on the first try, so I feel like anybody who is actually trying and really trying to explore this game, it's like, you'd never make it past here. You're like, I already checked that, but nope, you got to check it twice. Hmm. But Anyhow, if but if you do, you'll get a message that says, Fire will damage Jason the most. So, after that, you just leave. And then upon returning to the uh, initial, the same cabin, the first one you went into, that gives you the go into the woods message, you will find a torch there. Which, again, strongest weapon, it does a full bar of life damage to Jason. And you can get that without any of the other weapons. Yeah, you, you don't, don't need... have to go in like a progression or build up to it. Correct. You don't have to, you know, kill 50 zombies or anything like that, like you do for the machete. And you yeah, can do this with every character if you want. That was my next question. You you don't have to just save that for one person. Right. I did this with uh, with the two, with Mark and Chrissy, the Mark? best guys. Yeah, Super Mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they, uh... You can do it with everybody. I did it with these two because I was able to get them done before nighttime, which is when the woods are a lot harder than because the wolves come out. Now, you can do it with them because they're faster? Is that why? Yeah, I mean, really, it would have been smarter for me to use some other characters who weren't the fast jumper style. You know, Mark and Chrissy are the best. So, mm -hmm. because once nighttime rolls around, then it's pretty tough because you got to get in and out also while Jason is attacking people. And, so, you're trying to get children. the other characters their torch during the nighttime. Uh, yeah, I mean, ideally you'll Or get... that's how you ended up doing it. Yeah, but it'd be so, better to do it the other way around. Right, because you'd rather have the ag agile characters during the harder part. Right, they're the only ones who can reliably, or at least that I could reliably get jump over wolves with without taking a ton of damage. So, But either way, I only got two torches. I thought maybe on the second day, or I, I kept planning to come back and get more, but I never did. And... Uh, you know, I was I was just real excited because now I was able to fight Jason pretty easily from the houses. And, you know, it does a full bar of life, so you can take him down quickly. And then, uh, you know, I got to the second day, which I had only briefly touched on before. Now, this is where, you know, it's pretty much the same, but when you're fighting Jason in the houses, he goes into speed mode. Right, and, and he's insane fast. I, You know, I guess there are people out there who can actually effectively fight him during this mode whenever we get there i would just play waiting game just keep dodging i can dodge effectively but i was never able to counterattack fast enough to damage him right so it's just like wait waiting game till he slows back down and then you can hurt him again so i didn't know what i was going to do and i got to the final day with all of my counselors intact and all of them full health ready to go uh for the most part um, okay. and i know as mark specifically had a ton of medicine he was the guy i was exploring with at the beginning so i know he picked up like three or four bottles at least and i think chrissy had some as well excellent but what's not excellent is trying to fight this guy um you know i was going around i had my people in position so pretty much right off the bat he starts attacking the children so i'm mm. like all right i send in my first person and i got slaughtered man um i i couldn't i could barely hit him and he was just chopping me down so and I, that's all during these indoor 
battles. Oh yeah, and he just stayed on the children. It was like, okay, you know, my guy died, so I'm like, all right, I'll get the next person. And this you got to take the boat to go fight him. This is where person. I was gonna. I was like, I'm sending in Mark now. He's my oh, big guns. He's got yeah. the most medicine. He's got the torch. Totally just got destroyed. Um, when I started losing my life, I kind of just stopped trying to dodge and was just concentrating on hitting him with as many torches before I got killed. So I did that. And, and were you able to like whittle him down a little bit? Yeah, but not enough to get him out of, you know, he, have to, he has to be hit seven times before he will leave the, the location. So, oh. um, you know, I was really um, disheartened that Mark bit the bullet so early. So, and then, you know, he's staying in, he's staying in the, the children's cabin. So I'm just sending all my counselors one by one to the massacre until dramatically, finally, I'm down to my last person. It's Chrissy. She's the only other one with a torch. And she had one thing of medicine, so I'm like, all right, I'm just marching out to the lake to die. And then he shows up and attacks me on the road, which was a great benefit because he's so slow in attacking there. He doesn't have a turbo mode there. No, not when you're fighting him in that side-scrolling section. Yeah, and I was I was more than able to trade punches with him and just kill him because he was at the side of the screen and I just blasted him with repeated torches over and over and I was able to take him down just barely. It's one of the more dramatic ending battles of most games because I, I, I squeak by, but that's how you do it, man. At least the easiest way. Uh, I know there's more to that game to explore than I didn't. I never got the I never got his mom's sweater, which halves your damage. That could have helped. Uh, a lot now, of other things, but it, it's doable. So my question is, let's say you're going to go beat this game again. How mm -hmm. would you do it differently with the counselors uh, so that you could make sure you could fight him outside instead of inside? Is there anything you could do different? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I would get everyone a torch to begin with. Um, I, you know, the only hard part is that you know, aside from the wolves in the in the woods at night, you have to balance it in between his attacks. So it's like you have to get into that woods and get those get the notes, go in there, get the items, go into this building and get out all while if he's attacking someone, there's no way you can get out of there and switch okay. to another counselor to protect them. So it's kind of just the timing it's of, kind of if he's going to be attacking someone or not. And, and again, with Mark and Chrissy, it's not that hard to get in and out that fast. But with the other people, you know, I would start, you can probably get one or two people a torch during the daylight hours before it turns to nighttime. Then it's going to be harder. It's going to take longer and, I, you know, he'll, he'll be attacking more. So it can be tough. But, you know, like I said, I did it with only two torches. So you can make it through. It's it's strong enough to where, again, if you, if you find him outside of a, of a, of a cabin, you can probably just gun him down. I, I could see now, that's when it, the light went off where I, I kept seeing people refer to, oh, it's easier to fight him out on the path than in the houses. And I was like, you guys are crazy. But maybe they weren't. Maybe they were not. Well, Nick, congratulations. I'm Thank glad you, you uh, did get to beat this game, even especially after you said you would. That's right. So this is a very worthy first <laughs> Cartridge Command update. Thank you, sir. Now, there is uh, one more update. I have its personal one. Uh, I did talk in the Skate or Die episode about my cousin Matt. Oh, yeah. And yeah. his unfortunate naming of his characters as Nodis or Satan Backwards. Right, right. Well, luckily it was pointed out to me on our Facebook page by some of our wonderful fans that Nodis was actually a skate company at that time. Oh, okay, okay. So it seems that my cousin is not a Satan worshiper <laughs> and is just uh, was infatuated with that game company or that wholesome, skate company. wholesome skate companies so that's a, a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders thank <laughs> you for uh helping me out cartridge commandos and we really do enjoy all the uh, feedback and the posts and you know people discussing these games and sharing their memories on our facebook page 
it's really good to uh, see where people were when they were playing and, and you know what kind of memories they, these games bring back. Yeah, hit us up, yo. All right. Well, another topic that I know we've wanted to tackle for a while but couldn't figure out a way to fit in was the topic of video game passwords. Yes, the old days before you could just save anything anywhere. And passwords. I figured this might be the best time to to bring it up because, <laughs> well, we don't have anything else to talk about. Yeah. So let's go over a little bit of the history here. We know, of course, early video games, they did not need a password. Yeah. You they were, were just, just too simple. Yep. Just three or four through. screens. And then um, computer games in the early days, they also didn't need passwords because most of the time they would just save the file to the disk that they were on. Yeah. You didn't have anything to worry about. So, I mean, that had its own built-in save system. Now, for our purposes, one of the biggest uh, things to influence the world of passwords was the Famicom disk system. Right, because that was the first one that had, you know, games that required, you know, replaying, you know, going back to and picking back up. Well, yeah, it allowed for larger games than were on cartridges at the time. And also it allowed for saves, because you could save right on that disc. And therefore, a lot of Nintendo games in that, that era saved to their disc. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, they, at one point, they were thinking about bringing that system to the United States. And that's why you know your Nintendo has that little piece that comes off on the bottom. Like serial port or whatever? Exactly. But, you know, uh, costs for certain things, the costs for the types of chips they needed and different cartridge things really fell quickly, much faster than Nintendo had uh, anticipated. So that when they decided to bring some of those games to the United States, they realized that the disk system was probably not as profitable here. Mm. And they could make the games that uh, they couldn't earlier on cartridge, now they could transfer to a cartridge due to the cheaper memory and other uh, cartridge-based so, stuff. And this would be like before save battery games, right? Yes. So they're just using passwords to fill you back in. Yeah, and Nintendo used batteries and RAM for saves, um, but most third-party publishers didn't want to spend the money on that. Okay, and I that mean, that's the... is where passwords really come into play. Right, because as a, you know... Zelda was an early game, and it was the first one I saw with an actual save feature, which I thought was awesome. And I played many RPGs on the NES, or at least the ones I could, and they usually had the save battery, but were also much more expensive than a normal game. Right, and therefore a lot of companies didn't want to deal with that, so they just went ahead and, and integrated a password system. Now, that being said, I think that Metroid might have been the first game on Nintendo with a password. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it's one of the very first ones I ever ran up against, I know. Uh, and it's funny I say that right after talking about how Nintendo didn't generally do this. <laughs> but, you know, it features secret passwords as well, which was another big thing, you know, that came out of the password culture of the 80s. Oh, yeah, they had, like, the Justin Bailey. Oh, yeah. So, I think uh, in my research I did long ago about this topic, <laughs> uh, the very first game, cartridge game, that I could find that used a password was Survival Island for the Atari 2600. Okay, wow. I uh, don't know anything about it, and I've, I've never need, played it. I've never heard of it before, but that's pretty cool. Now, there are a few different types of passwords. You know, you of course, the simple four to five character password, i.e. Bubble Bobble. 
or Adventures of Lolo. Yeah, and those are just pretty much level selects. That's just enough information to tell the the system what level it needs to go to. Right, and I mean, as you play games with more you know, like character data and and inventories and stuff, like you'll get more complicated and sophisticated password systems. Right, and so the next more sophisticated system would be the long character based password, like uh, Metroid or Icarus. Sure. And, you know, those both used a 64 character by 24 space key. So there are 64 possible characters, mm -hmm. and you have 24 spaces you need to fill out. And that gave them enough uh, information to really reflect a full set of items and location in the game. Right, right. Now, uh, another one that a lot of people like to complain about is uh, Guardian Legend, or oh, possibly yeah. Rambo. Okay. Because those both had 64 characters, but 32 spaces oh, right. well, of password. I, I will say this. Uh, one, one defense of Guardian Legend that I, I really will always credit them for is that they used umlauts over this the lowercase versions of all the letters. So when you wrote this down, you didn't have to worry as much about, like, oh, is that upper or lowercase? Like, you know, sometimes... You yeah. Can, if well, you... we'll discuss some more of the horribleness of passwords <laughs> at the end. But um, you also had... Uh, games like Goonies 2 and Wizard and Warriors that had those huge, huge passwords. Okay. Now, the final type of password is the grid-based password. Oh, right. Like, uh... Like Mega Man. Mega Man 2. Or, or Castlevania 3. Right, right. And, you know, Mega Man was only two characters. Right. Well, you... Fill it or not. Yeah. And 25 different spaces. But then you get a game like Castlevania 3 and you're moving up to four characters and 16 spaces. Is it in uh, Mega Man 3 where they upgraded to the red and blue dots? I think I so. Think. Now, the funny thing about Castlevania is its characters aren't even letters. They are symbols. Yeah, They've got like a whip. I think the, the vial of holy water. Yeah, there's like a cross, I the think, cross and a heart maybe. And a heart. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really funny to go back and look at other people's shorthand right. for those drawings. Because <laughs> right, right. um, like for me, I would always draw the whip as basically like a slanted d capital d okay yeah yeah no it's one of those things where I, I was really i was like that's an awesome password system why don't they all do that until i was starting to record them and i was like well kind of, would be easier to just use some letters like <laughs> it would be now there are uh even more intense passwords and we didn't have to deal with them because we live in america yeah <laughs> and we use english it has 24 characters for its alphabet but in Japan, they have two alphabets. Right. Larger. Each one has 40-some <laughs> characters. Yeah. So you've got games like Dragon Quest 1, and it has 64 <sighs> characters by 2. So then you could go into Dragon Quest 2. That's got 64 characters. I'm sorry, by 24. Or 24s. But Dragon Quest 2 has 64 by 52. And I, I just can't imagine playing uh, an RPG with passwords like that. That and even one like Dragon Quest, which really you know doesn't have that much going on in it, would still be, you know. Well, then maybe immense, your, your immense. mind would be blown by the Japanese version of Maniac Mansion, Ugh. which has a password system and it's sixty-four characters by hundred and four spaces. I, wow, you must be a big fan of uh, Japanese Maniac Mansion to brute, <laughs> to brute your way through that. Yeah, I you must. But like you said, uh, let's let's talk about passwords in a more general sense. All right. And of course, the biggest complaint about passwords is upper lowercase, 
Mm-hmm. Zeros and O's. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a problem a lot of games had. Well, I it's very... It is kind of annoying, but, um, you know, it's like an eight-year-old when I got my Nintendo. Like, I, I really feel... I can't back this up with data, but I would like to compare my handwriting from the years after Nintendo and before because I know it, like, after the first time I remember renting Metroid, couldn't get my password to work, Mm -hmm. and, like, the anger. Well, I can tell you this. (laughs) So I made sure I was, like, I put a line through all my zeros. Yes. And other, Uh, you know, I... I, to this day, there is a diagonal line through every one of my zeros. Right, And that is... Thanks directly to the world of passwords. I mean, you're like, is that a lowercase L or a one? There are certain things that I, I corrected that are or very distinct now in my U, handwriting. U versus V. That was right. another big one. Yep, yep. And um, that's why I was mentioning Guardian Legend with the umlauts over the lowercase ones. Now you don't have to, at least you don't have to worry about that distinct, distinguishing those from each other. Now, I guess Legacy of the Wizard is known as being one of the absolute worst it's up there it has a very long password yeah because it has a long password but it also has upper and lowercase letters mm-hmm. numbers and punctuation yeah it's yeah it has a lot of characters i always you know it's weird i never really thought about that i always think of just the password length but you know the number of characters is also another factor that can it's it, it adds to the confusion level i find yeah it can it can now but i'll defend passwords man. i know like, that <laughs> that's and that's what i wanted to really get to is that you yourself have, through the years, come to your own opinion of passwords. And this is, I'm giving you the, the floor now to really okay. defend them. The house will hear. Now, I, uh, you know, I'm like many kids, I was, I was always happy um, to find a game with a password. You know, I mean, I'd rather have had it be on a save battery, obviously. But, you know, it was like for, there had several advantages. In a rental market, you were able to, you could save your, rent a game. And then, you know, come back in a week or two, rent it again, and you still had your your progress, you know. It's... Oh yeah, I had adventures of Lolo passwords that <laughs> yeah. lay dormant for months between rentals. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like having a memory card before that came out, to where you know you you could keep playing. But I mean, even now, still to this day, I still have passwords from my youth. I can still use on many games that I play in various other fashions. And I mean, I do, you know, I remember. River City Ransom was always one of the biggest ones that people hated on, you know, because there are a lot of vol- uh, variables in that game to keep track of and stuff as you, you know, build up your, your characters. But, I mean, honestly, since I've gone back where, you know, I, I always had that memory where I was like, gosh, it takes forever to put in these passwords and write them down. And right. it's like, no, even if it's 32, 64 letters, that's letters. That's a paragraph. Come on, you can write that. It takes maybe one minute. Well, and one minute to put it is like it's minutes, man. I like I know that sucks, but I've listened to modems screeching at me for longer than that just to get on the internet at a slower speed. Like yeah. it's it's not that bad. Like is and it is it as fast as it is nowadays? No, but in the modern character. world, you have a phone in your hand or pocket at all times, and That's, that phone yeah. can take pictures. That's true. You don't even have to write it down, even though I really feel like you're missing out on one of life's great benefits of having good, clean handwriting. True, and. uh it's really nice to go back and look at your old passwords and be able to put them in if you want. Yeah, well, you can see right where you were when when this happened. Oh, yeah. No, I probably not, but... <laughs> no, I mean, for the most part, you usually forget what you were doing. Absolutely. Yeah. In the short term, they were indispensable. And, and for kids like us that didn't have a lot of money and were in the, more in the rental market than the owning yeah. market, yeah. in the borrowing market, I mean, this was a way to have your save, uh, you know, in Metroid 1. Yeah. The kid across the street had Metroid you know and i could get it for about a you know a week at a time which 
at the age of eight is not enough time to beat Metroid. No, no, no. That was always a... Yeah, that was a, a rental for me that I was able to play through a good chunk of just thanks to the passwords. Yeah, and the, the password ability on it is, is what got me to Mother Brain. Now, I mean, I, I never beat that game, but I did get to the end with my own passwords. Well, and I'm, I, I did beat that game, but using a cheat password, I just embailed it when I won one of those rentals. But it was, you know, like as a big RPG fan too, back in the day, I would rent those when I could, but good luck because unless you're consecutively renting it for two or three weeks, you're going to probably lose your save to someone else. Oh yeah, for sure. Now... I just want to end this on one final note, and that is to say I'm sorry or way to go on anyone that used the password transfer feature for the game Golden Sun 2. And what was that on? Is that DS or something? Or? Uh, game Boy Advance, I'm oh, guessing. Oh, GBA. And apparently it generated and asked you to enter in a whopping 256 character password for that wow. one-time transfer. That's intense, man. It is intense, but you know what? Nothing else is even close. So you may hate passwords. You can complain about them, just not to us. <laughs> and uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, we're probably going to switch over to a, a better-sounding version of our thanks. But <laughs> we do want to say thank you here on our lo-fi equipment, and please check out patreon.com slash cartridge command. Yes, we love you. Next week's game will be Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. So, find a copy of this game, grab a controller, and play along any way you can, friends. And remember, if there's anything we forgot, uh, or you just want to get a hold of us and say hi, um, feel free to email us at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you in the future. And once again, it is time for the oldest of podcasting traditions. Please... Like the show on Facebook at Cartridge Command. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting app you use. Yeah. Please give us a five-star review. Apparently that does something good for us. I like stars. We love stars, and so does Kirby. Don't forget to tweet at us at Cart Command on the Twitterverse. And feel free to stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is you, the patrons, that make this show possible. And we thank you from the bottom of our sometimes warm, but sometimes cold <laughs> hearts. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! We love you. Good night.